coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now because we are here to help you with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemmas, your holiday home fix-ups. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. It is the holiday season and a time when kitchens get a real workout. So we've got tips that can help if the peeling and chopping have left a scratch or a gouge in your countertop. We're going to get solutions this hour for an easy fix when we welcome our friend Tom Silva from TV's This Old House. And speaking of the holidays, it's holiday shopping time. Something to consider when you're buying a gift is the warranty that comes with it. Now, most won't cover normal wear and tear, but we'll tell you about one that will coming up. And do you look forward to buying a Christmas tree each year only to see it quickly turn into a naked mess with a brown pile of needles on your floor? Well, this hour, we've got a solution. We're going to tell you how to make sure you're getting absolutely the freshest tree possible and how to keep it that way. And also this hour, one caller who makes it on the air with us is going to win a way to have some sparkly clean kitchen counters or any other natural stone surface in or around their home. We're giving away the granite gold cleaning essentials kit worth $50. $55. So for your chance to win and the answer to your home improvement question, pick up the phone right now and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Robert in Alaska is on the line with a crawl space situation. Tell us what's going on. Basically what I got going on is we had a lot of rain this summer, so I had uh, water uh, kind of penetrate the uh, foundation, and I was wondering if there's anything I could do from the inside to maybe stop some of that penetration from coming in and getting on the wood that's uh, holding up the, I guess, the, the, the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are you talking about concrete block walls? Yes. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, we want to make sure that you are doing what you can to slow the collection of water from outside moving inside. So that means looking at your gutter system, making sure you have gutters and that they're diverting water away from the house, not just a couple of feet from the foundation, but well away. And make sure that the angle of the soil around the foundation slopes away, and that will do a lot to move the water away from that backfill zone. Inside the crawl space, you can add a vapor barrier to the soil, and that will stop moisture from evaporating up. And on the blocks themselves, you can apply a product called Ames Blue Max, which is a rubber paint. It's very stretchable, and it adheres really well. And when you apply it to the block, it stops any moisture from coming through the block. Ames is spelled A-M-E-S. And the product's called Blue Max. You can uh, search for it uh, online. Their website is amesresearch.com. Okay, good deal. Yeah, I've got a company coming in to... Uh I guess dig the outside of the foundation and lay some uh, some drainage uh, this this spring, this coming spring. So okay, well let me stop you right there, okay? Because that's not likely going to help you, and it's not necessary. Oh, okay. If that moisture is consistent with rainfall, in other words, you get a lot of rain, like you mentioned, and then you get leakage. Uh huh then putting all those drainage pipes and disturbing all that soil is really not the way to go. If you improve your gutter system and you improve the grading, the angle of the soil around the foundation perimeter, okay. that stops the majority of that surface water from getting in. The only time you recommend drainage systems like what you're describing is when you have a rising water table, which if you did, you wouldn't be getting leakage that's consistent with rainfall. Ah, okay, well, good. That, that's important to know then. Yep. So there you go. Saved you a bunch of money. Oh, yes, you did. You got it, Robert. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
Now, Libby from Missouri is on the line and has some issues with a hardwood floor. Tell us what's going on in your money pit. I really think my hardwood floors need to be redone. They're very faded. Okay. Where there's traffic and a lot of gaps. And uh, that house is about 60 years old. It's very noisy. Lots of, you know, just wear and scratches. And I'm trying to decide whether I should just, you know, not try to, you know, redo them and or... Or maybe there's something that I can do to them to make them look better without totally refinishing them. I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? Well, sure, Libby. Let me ask you about the condition of the floors. You said that they're scratched, but are the scratches just in the finish, or are they sort of deep scratches in the wood boards themselves? No, they're not deep scratches. Just from, you know, like, uh, just everyday wear, mostly. They're in, they're in really good shape. Like, one room that's not used very much is in... I mean, excellent condition. It looks almost brand new. But the other, there's, it's just, you know, normal, everyday kind of wear. All right, so here's what you can do, Libby. You don't have to belt sand the floors, which is the way when you totally refinish them, you take all the old finish off and you grind down, you know, an eighth of an inch of material. You don't have to do that. What you can do is you could just lightly sand the upper surface of the finish and then put another layer or two of urethane over that. The best way to do that is with a floor buffer and a sanding screen. Now, you can go to a tool rental place, and you can rent a floor buffer, and then you can purchase sanding screens, which are these screens that are about uh, 18 inches in diameter. looks kind of like window screen material, but it's abrasive. And there's two sides to it, so you can use one side, flip it over, then use the other side. And you position it underneath the floor buffer, and as you use the buffer in the room... It lightly abrades the surface of the old floor. That takes out the dirt, the grime. It takes off uh, some of the old, old, any old wax, that kind of stuff. And it'll start to take out the scratches. And that kind of evens it out and cleans it up. Then you vacuum it or damp mop, get all that dust up. And then you can apply uh, two layers of urethane. Now, I'll give you a trick of the trade. The first layer should be a high gloss because the glossy urethane is, is harder than satin. So put the first layer of high gloss and, and maybe even a second layer of high gloss, but your last layer could be satin. And that will give you a nice, even, soft finish and still be as hard as possible. Oh, okay. I will see if I can get someone to help me with that. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Happy December, everybody. Are you guys getting your tree this weekend? Are you doing something fun and Christmassy and holiday-like? Well, if you are, we can help you with any home improvement project to get your home ready for the holidays. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. We're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 888-666-3974. Up next, have you ever been given a holiday gift that breaks only to learn the warranty doesn't cover it? We're going to tell you about a way to make sure you aren't out of luck after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Rock Soul, manufacturer of fire-resistant, water-repellent, and sound-absorbent home insulation products. Keep your home efficient and comfortable this winter and all year long with Roxel Comfort Bat and Roxel Safe and Sound Insulations. www.diywithroxel.com Roxel, that's R-O-X-U-L.
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Taking your calls right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. Pick up the phone, give us a ring, because one caller who makes it on the air with us this hour is going to get a cleaner home. We're giving away a cleaning essentials kit from Granite Gold. You're going to win their popular daily cleaner and four other handy products, including the polish, which is nice because you can use it weekly to bring out your stone counter natural beauty and to guard against water stains. Learn more at granitegold.com. Pick up the phone right now and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win. I'm going to give that kit away to one caller drawn at random at the end of today's program. It's worth 55 bucks. Now we've got Charlotte in North Carolina on the line who's got a popcorn ceiling that, you know, doesn't have butter on it. <laughs> Charlotte, tell us what's going on. Well, what happens now, we have a brown stain on the ceiling from the leak. We've had the leak repaired, of course, and it's a popcorn ceiling. I've always hated this popcorn ceiling. I'm not opposed to getting rid of it. But I'm just wondering what's the best way to make the repair here, because I'm afraid if we just take off the section where the, where the stain is, it's not going to match anymore. You, know, you can you know, be like a repaired look. What would be your suggestion? Now, is it truly a popcorn ceiling? Like when you reach up, you sort of end up with remnants of it, or is it like a, t- a textured stucco ceiling? Whatever that drywall is that they kind of make and they spray on the ceiling. Yeah. So here's the thing. You've had the roof leak. The roof leak's now repaired. Yes. Has it physically damaged the ceiling, or is it just the stains you're concerned about? It mostly looks like the stains. To me, it looks like there might be one small section that might have a little bit of a bulge in it. All right, well, let's ignore that for the moment. What I would suggest you do is to use a good quality primer and repaint that ceiling. Now, if it's just a very limited area, you could prime just the stain and leave the rest. If it's a bigger area, you've got to prime the whole ceiling. But if you use a good quality primer there, like a Kills or a Bin or something like that, then that should seal in the stain and you could put paint on top of that. You will have to paint the whole ceiling if it's not been done recently. But if you seal with the primer and then paint it, that will make the ceiling stain disappear and preserve the popcorn. Removing the popcorn at this point is just a whole lot of work that it sounds like it's really not necessary for you to do unless you just don't like the look of it. Thank you very much. That'll help a lot. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Charlotte. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Michael in Kentucky's on the line, and he's got a question about a gazebo. What can we do for you today? Oh, well, I want to try and find a way to use my gazebo during the winter. I mean, it's kind of cold here in Kentucky, and the gazebo's made out of wood. And um, I'm looking to put, like, a fire pit kind of thing, but I don't want to use the wood. Mm, um, okay. Because it's made out of wood, I don't want it to go up in flames. <laughs> That's wise. <laughs> but your gazebo probably has a roof on it, right? Oh, yeah, it has a roof. Yeah, so, I mean, you can't really put a fire under it. You just, because, you, you know, unless it's a teepee with a big hole in the top, you know, there's no place for the smoke to go. You're going to collect a lot of heat up there, and, and it's it's really generally uh, a bad idea. So, really, uh, the question is, how can you heat your gazebo in the winter months? And there's a good reason we don't heat gazebos in winter months, because they're not really designed to be enclosed. So, I guess it's kind of a, a out-of-the-question kind of thing, then. I mean, it would it would seem, I mean, typically, if you want to put a, a, some sort of a heating system onto your deck, then you could use a fire pit, and you could design it, or even have a, like we have a fire, uh, a portable sort of fire pit that we wheel out onto the patio and, and put a couple of, uh, you know, logs in there. But, you know, when you're in a gazebo like that, you can't create a fire because you're going to burn the roof down. So it's a hard space to use. If you had an open patio area or maybe an open area of your yard, Michael, that would be a smarter 
place to to create you know a, a gathering place where you could actually really build a true fire pit. You know, there's a great uh, article online on our website on how to build a fire pit. There's also a radio show that we did with Roger Cook from this old house where he gave us his tips on how to build a fire pit. Okay, so basically, it'd probably be a better thing to put maybe outside of my gazebo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And gazebos are just not in- intended to be enclosed. Well, that sounds like it uh, answers my question pretty well. All right, Michael, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, with shopping underway, it's more important than ever to read the fine print on product warranties for the gifts you intend to purchase. You know, you'll probably find that warranties don't cover things like normal wear and tear or rust, for example. You know, recently we've teamed up with a new sponsor here at the Money Pit who offers a solution. The company is called Cross Country Home Services, and what they offer is a new kind of total home warranty that covers things that your homeowner's insurance and manufacturer warranties do not. That's right. It's called Total Protect, and it covers household items and systems that fail because of normal wear and tear. And if the appliance is just too old or can't be fixed, it also covers the cost to replace it. You know, it's a really good idea. If you want to learn more about how this new kind of policy does work, go to their website. It's buytotalprotect.com. That's buytotalprotect.com. All right. Well, I've never said that guys are good at doing laundry. And uh, here's some proof. We've got William in Iowa on the line who's having a laundry issue. Tell us what's going on. Well, we wash our clothes and dry them. And the dark clothes, if they get damp or even in a room that's a little bit damp, they get really, really musty and and doggy smelling. Hmm. Well, I want to know what's going on. So the light clothes don't smell, only the dark clothes smell? Only the dark clothes. Okay. And um, when you wear your dark clothes, do you get really good heavy-duty workouts where you really sweat and get messy and... No, not really. I used to, I used to work on clothes. I'm just wondering if the dark clothes are dirtier than the light clothes. That's a really odd question, William. I don't have any idea why that would happen, except to say that if they're heavier clothes, of course, you know, they'll take longer to dry than the light clothes. And are you on a well there? Well, it's rural water. So it's, it's basically rural water. Okay. Because um, sometimes, depending on the minerals that are in the water, you know, if you don't dry them right away, they can really develop quite a, quite an odor. And then the other thing to check is to check the uh, water hardness and make sure that your water is not hard. And then after that, I would also check the venting for however your washing machine drains. Because if there's a problem with the venting system, then you're going to get sewage gas that backs up. And really, it may not have anything to do with the color of the clothes, which would make sense, of course. It's more a problem with the... uh, with the way the plumbing system is vented itself. So it's going to be one of those possibilities. William, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Karen in Ohio is on the line with an insulation question. How can we help you? Um, hi. We live in an older home um, built around 1925. And uh, in our dining room and living room, we have wood floors. And I wondered if we should put insulation. We do have a basement okay. underneath. And I- we wondered if we should put insulation on the ceiling of the basement, which would be underneath the dining room and living room floors. Is the basement, Is the basement finished? finished? <laughs> Jinx. Um, it's, it's not finished, but it does have a cement floor. Okay. I mean, but is it heated? Um, our furnace is down there. We don't really... Yeah, it's, it's not heated. It's not, so it's, it's not, not a conditioned space in any way. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not a bad idea to put, uh, to put insulation into the ceiling of the basement. It'll make that floor 
uh, much warmer and more comfortable. That's what I was wondering, because um, a couple people had told us, no, you don't want to do that. But there's nothing underneath the wood floor. I mean, if you go There's down no the reason. I mean, up. basically, the reason we asked you if the basement was finished because you don't want to put insulation between two heated spaces, but the basement is unfinished, and so there's no reason. The heat is really not designed for the basement. The heat really covers the finished side of the house, which is the first floor. So insulating the floor is not a, is not, uh, a big deal, and it's going to make that first floor that much more comfortable, Karen. Oh, okay, good, good. Okay, that's what I needed to know. Now we've got Steve on the line who's dealing with a vinyl siding issue. Tell us what's going on. I bought a house last summer and uh, was further uh, looking at it closely. I noticed that the uh, siding is severely uh, oxidized, and I was I tried a little baby oil on a section of it, and uh, it looked good for about a month, but. Uh, <laughs> baby oil? <laughs> yeah. Baby oil? Well, is your house yeah. your baby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and house is certainly as expensive as children, that's for sure. You know, I could say it looked good for about a month. It brought all the color back to it. When those oils dry out, of course, that's, that's going to be the end of it. Vinyl siding um, is not really designed for oil, but I will tell you this. There are paints that you can put on top of vinyl siding. So it is possible to paint a vinyl-sided house. That said, you know what comes after paint, don't you? Repaint. So, you know, once you start this process, you're going to end up having to paint it again, Steve. But you can paint vinyl siding. Uh, You just need to make sure. I would go to a a Sherwin-Williams or a good quality paint supplier like that and make sure that you pick up a paint that uh, is rated for vinyl siding. Does it feel pretty easy? No, it's designed to adhere. That's why it has to be special for vinyl. Oh, I see. Okay? Okay, thank you. You're welcome, Steve. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Joe from Kentucky's on the line with some help with a bathroom cleaning project. What can we do for you? Yes, I have an old bathtub and where the water has leaked, I have some porcelain, I guess it's a porcelain tub. Uh, I have some orange spots in there, and they look like they're going to eventually just give way on me. I want to know how I could patch that up. Are they super tiny, or are they, you know, an yes. inch or so? Oh, yes, they're very small. There are touch-ups, but you know what? They, they will show. Yeah, I mean, I've used one. When we bought our house, there was like a tiny, I mean, super tiny little rust spot in our tub. And I used a product called Porsafix. And you can get it in, I mean, in pretty much in any home center. It comes in a variety of like whites and off whites. So you kind of have to guess which one's going to work close enough to your exact white or bisque or whatever you want to call it. Right. And it almost looks like it's a, a nail polish bottle, kind of. Okay. And you apply it in gradual layers, you know, letting it set up and then going back the next day and putting another one on until you build it up. And it's done a fairly good job. I mean, we've been in the house eight years and it's still there. It's still covered up. But I mean, I know exactly where it is. Okay. Well, I thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, laminate countertops may be inexpensive and functional, but they can become damaged over time. And if it happens to you, you don't need to call a pro. We've got an easy fix for you after this. Hi, I'm Norm Abram from This Old House. And when we're working on our projects, 
We listen to the Money Pit. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. By calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and to find the perfect holiday gift, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And now that we are heading in December, you're probably thinking, I can put the tools away and stay at a home repair till spring, right? Well, no, not exactly. You can go to moneypit.com and search weekend home improvements for the holidays, and you'll find a list of to-dos that could be keeping you busy and your home in tip-top shape for the cold winter months ahead. Heading over to Wisconsin now to chat with Dorothy. How can we help you? In the wintertime, we get cold air around our windows. Okay. And so we put plastic. Some of them we plastic the outside of the windows and some in inside of the house. I'm wondering which is better or if we should plastic both the inside and the outside. It depends really on the functionality of the window. When you're feeling the draft, is it on the glass itself? Does it seem to be on the operable parts of the sash, you know, where the window unit goes up and down, or is it around the trim work? On a couple of them, it's actually on both. Okay. Glass and around the trim work, yeah. Well, there's a couple of products out there that maybe you've not heard of, and there's one that's a weather-stripping caulk. And basically what you would do is you would close your window, and around the sash, you know, the operable part of the window itself, you would caulk essentially that window closed, sealing out that draft. And then what happens when springtime comes and it's warm again, you peel it right out. Now, the issue with that is if it's a window that, say, is in the kitchen that you want to open and close while cooking, or a window that should be used as an exit in the event of an emergency, you want to make sure that you consider those before you seal off all of those windows. Now, DAP makes one. It's called Seal and Peel. Red Devil makes one? Did I make that up? Yeah, and you may not find it in the hardware store aisle. You may have to ask for it, but it's temporary caulk, so it, it goes on and then you peel it off in the spring. So it comes off real nice. It just pulls right off. And you want to make sure that it's actually a temporary caulk because you don't want to go put a latex caulk in there that's not meant for this purpose because if you try to remove it, it's not going to come out. Yeah, the weather stripping caulk peels off. It, it feels like you're peeling a strip of rubber off in the spring. Like the backing when you get a new credit card and it's stuck to that paper. Okay. Like it's got that s- sticky consistency. And um, I can do that and maybe still put plastic on the outside or inside, right? Well, yeah, if you feel like you need it, but you might find that if you seal away those gaps, you don't need to do that, Dorothy, okay? Oh, I appreciate that very much. All right, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, laminate countertops, they're inexpensive, and they can give you the look of natural stone, of course, without the price tag. And they certainly can last a long time, but they aren't quite as durable as stone. That's right. And the good news is, though, that some of the most typical problems can be repaired. Here to talk about that is Tom Silva, the general contractor for TV's This Old House. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you. It's nice to be here. You know, inadvertently laying down a hot pot or scratching the surface can definitely want to be one of those sort of, oh, no, Holy yeah. cow. Absolutely. In other words that I can't say on the radio, <laughs> moments. Yeah, Which is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, how do you get out of those problems? Are those types of things fixable? 
in some cases, if the hot pot is down there and it's just bubbled the countertop, you may be able to reheat it. Sounds silly. The hot pot loosened it. Now you've got to reheat it to push right. it back down. But you've actually got to soften the adhesive underneath. It's a contact adhesive. And sometimes you can actually refasten it if you have a roller. Take out your old roller. You roll in the dough and roll that countertop and, until it cools down. And sometimes you can refasten it. Even without getting additional adhesive in there just to right. get it to restick itself sort of yeah. right away. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So this is a sort of you've got to react as it's happening. Uh, well, no. You can uh, eat and then heat up the pan again to put it down but it's smarter it's smarter to do it it's smarter to do it right away oh my god i get the roller what if you have a physical damage in the countertop um is there a way to kind of do selective surgery and just replace one one chunk of it yeah you can cut in a cutting board is probably the easiest way if it's if the cutting board is in a good location right um but so basically, you're essentially cutting out that area of laminate and replacing it with a cutting board. Yeah, and they have different kinds of cutting boards. You can get a solid surface cutting board. You can get a, what do they call it, like a Pyrex board. You can get a wooden cutting board. You know what the beautiful thing is about doing that? And somebody else will come into your house the next week and go, wow, I didn't know cutting boards <laughs> were available. Yeah, what a great idea. Yeah, exactly. How do you get exactly. one of those? Well, all you do is put one of the pans <laughs> on your countertop that will ruin it, and then you can cut one in. Is it sort of done as like a drop-in tray, almost as a drop-in sink would be installed, and then yeah. the cutting board sits in top of it? Yeah, some of that. them, they have this little metal ring that goes around it, and you right. put the metal ring in, some of the counterboards, just cutting boards, fit in that little ring, drop it in. You can actually pop it out and flip it over. So when you wear it out, if you're using like a wooden one. You know, one of the other common things that I've noticed when we first bought our house, we had a lovely Pepto-Bismol pink uh, laminate Mm. countertop. And, you know, while we lived with it for a while until we could afford the granite, the edge just kept popping off. And I feel like that's always one of the areas that fails first. So what can you do to make that sort of either reattach or replace it? Well, lots of times you can take an edge. It's usually the corner. You're dead right on. It's usually the corner because you're running by that counter mm-hmm. and you Get catch stuck it. stuck on it. Once you've caught it, you've got to either try to heat it back on with an iron, soften it gently, the glue, and then push it back on with a roller or something firm. Uh, and if that doesn't work and you can't get it or the piece is broken out, you're going to have to replace it and you're going to have to find a piece somewhere in the kitchen, usually beside the stove or the refrigerator or in a dead corner. You can maybe be able to steal a piece right out of that corner and patch it right into that piece that's that's uh, been damaged. And you don't use any buffer between the iron and the and the laminate itself. You don't need like a towel just to prevent further burning. You got to make sure that you don't overheat the iron. Uh, you know, you don't. What's I don't iron clothes, but I mean, I'm like I sew <laughs> full steam, high heat. That's no, always. Steam. I get an iron, I go crazy with Look, it. Look, you can always go hotter. You know, so start medium. <laughs> That's and true. Way exactly. Up there, That's right? good. Good. Yeah. yeah. See, I sew, but I don't. Uh, I don't iron. So. <laughs> <laughs> so low heat, no steam. Be careful. Right. You don't need that steam. Right. Okay. What if you have more minor scratches? Is there such a thing as a scratch filler or a seam? There filler? is. There is. But you know what? I find that they don't really work that great. You know, it's a temporary fix. If you're going to eventually change it, you may be able to do it. But, you know, you can even try those uh, sticks uh, that they use in the, the, like wood, the wood fillers. Look like, like the, like the like freezer pencils. Yeah. Like yeah exactly. They have stain in them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah I mean, Some, sometimes, though, that almost just highlights exactly. the scratch, right? Yeah. Yeah. I find a good cookie jar or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) A mixer, some sort of large appliance. A a knife, a spoon. Just leave it. Oh, no, I I forgot to put that away. (laughs) Good advice. Tom Silva from TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit.
My pleasure. All right. You can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For your local listings and some step-by-step videos on how you can repair a laminate countertop, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you by Lumber Liquidators. Lumber Liquidators, hardwood floors for less. Up next, did you ever buy a Christmas tree only to have it turn into a dry haystack well before the holiday even arrived? Well, we've got a solution, and we'll tell you how to pick a fresh tree and keep it that way next. You live in a body pit. It is brought to you by Total Protect Home Warranty. Get total protection against unexpected home repair or replacement costs for appliances, air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Visit buytotalprotect.com to see if you qualify for a special offer. That's buytotalprotect.com. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, we've got a great prize up for grabs this hour. We're giving away the Cleaning Essentials Kit from Granite Gold. Now, this kit includes the best-selling daily cleanser, plus four other products, including an outdoor stone cleaner that can attach to your garden hose. And this really is a great prize because it solves the problem of taking care of the most beautiful and most popular countertop option out there, granite. So give us a call with with your home improvement question and get a chance to win this great prize. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. This prize kit is worth fifty five dollars. You can learn more about the products at granitegold.com or call us now for your chance to win and we'll give you an answer to your home improvement question at eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Well, if you celebrate Christmas, the annual outing to buy a Christmas tree is no doubt a family tradition. But if your tree withers and shrivels up every year before the holiday even arrives, the solution is to choose the freshest tree available. So here's how you do just that. That's right. Now, when you get to the lot, start by looking at the color of the needles. They should be shiny. They should be green and they should be able to bend the branch itself without snapping. And you want to give the branches a little tug to make sure that a bunch of needles don't just fall right to the floor. You also want to make sure, and this is really important, that you measure the tree. Not just vertically, I'm talking about the circumference, you know, how fat that Christmas tree is, because you don't want to have to smash limbs or end up reshaping it to get it into your home. And I always buy a tree that's way too fat, but I think that's fun. (laughs) Well, you also want to look for a species of tree that has strong branches. A Fraser or noble fir will hold those very heavy ornaments. And if possible, when you take the tree home, lay it down inside your car. And finally, forget what you might have heard about additives that claim to keep a tree fresh. I mean, we've heard about acid aspirin and bleach and all kinds of crazy things over the years. The best way is to just make sure that the base of the tree has a fresh cut on it and then keep it filled with fresh water. You can read more about how to buy a fresh Christmas tree and get some additional tips on moneypit.com. Just search Christmas tree. Michaeline in Wisconsin is on the line needing some help insulating a crawl space. Tell us what's going on. Well, I hung some plastic and insulation from the ceiling of the crawl space and all the way around, you know, and I'm still getting drafts and air coming in, like, into the bedroom that faces the north by the wall. So you're getting drafts up through the walls? Is that where you feel like it's coming up? Yeah, and up through, you know, the crawl space. There's half a basement, half a crawl space. Okay. Now, what kind of insulation did you use, Michaeline? Well, I used the black plastic, and I used the... 
like the R stuff with um... <laughs> the R stuff. Let's back up for a second. Okay. The insulation that you put in, is it was it unfaced insulation? Did you press it up into the floor joist, like nice no, and fluffy? No, I didn't press it into the floor joist. How, how did I, you I went hang? with what the Reader's Digest said, hang it from the ceiling of the floor down to the floor, you know, the flooring of the crawl space. You know, so and, and where is the, the insulation that goes up in that floor should be unfaced, should have no paper face, no plastic face. It should be unfaced and it should be big and fluffy and should be as thick as the crawl space floor. But here's, here's the steps that if you had called me before you started this, here's what I would have told you to do. First of all, I would say the area on the outside of your house where we have what's called the box choice, that's the, the beam that goes around the outside perimeter. Right. In that area, you want to seal the gaps with an expandable foam like Great Stuff or a product like that. On the so inside? Could, on the inside, right. You seal that, you spray it, because you get little gaps that, that, where air can come in around that. Then once that dries, it gets nice and hard. Don't try to scrape it away or cut it. It doesn't matter. Just... Uh, spray it, let it dry, stop right there, don't cut away the excess. Then add some insulation, and the insulation would be unfaced fiberglass bats. If your floor joists were 2x10s, I would put 10-inch fiberglass bats there. How do you support those? You use insulation hangers. They're like pieces of wire that stick in between the joists and let it hang there. And then on the crawl space floor, is it a dirt floor? Yes. So if it's a dirt floor, then you want to add the plastic right on the dirt floor. Now, that's not for drafts. That's to stop moisture moisture. from coming up. Okay. And those things, that's the best you can do for that crawl space. When you're putting the plastic on the floor of the crawl space, if Mm -hmm. you, for some reason, have to use more than one sheet, make sure you overlap by, you know, two or three feet so that you're not getting any moisture releasing into it. Because as Tom said, you know, the moisture can really reduce the effect that the insulation is going to have. Do you, do I tape it then if I've got to use more than one sheet? If you overlap them by two or three feet, they'll stay. Yeah, they'll stay. Gravity will hold it in place. Okay. All right, and that's it. All right, Michaeline, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Lowering your thermostat when you're not at home, did you know it could actually save you big bucks? But how low is too low? We'll tell you after this. 888 Money Pit. The Money Fit is brought to you by Lutron Sensors. Tired of reminding your family to turn off the lights? Install a Lutron Maestro occupancy sensor and you'll never have to remind them again. It works with all bulb types and takes only about 15 minutes to install. For easy upgrades with big impact, choose Lutron. Visit ChooseLutron.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Now that your heating bills are coming in like clockwork, you're probably looking for some ways to lower them. Well, we can help you do just that if you go to moneypit.com and search tips to lower home heating costs. You're going to find some really easy advice that you can follow, and it really adds up, or should I say, down on your bill. You're going to see a lot of energy savings here, folks, and that's what we all really want, especially during the holidays. And if you've 
got a question, you can head on over to our community section and post it, just like Phil from Wisconsin did, who's also looking to lower his bill. He says, my wife turns the thermostat down to 50 degrees when we're all at work about nine hours a day. Then it takes a while for the house to heat up when we get home. Am I actually saving money by turning the thermostat that low if my furnace has to work so hard to bring it back up? I got to say that 50 is a bit low, especially in Wisconsin, because remember, it may be 50 at the thermostat, but at the outside walls or the walls closest to where the water pipes are, it can be a lot colder and you're only 20 degrees away from freezing roughly at that point. So I think 50 is low. Um, Typically, if we're going to turn the heat down uh, when we're away, I probably wouldn't turn it any lower than about 62 or 63. I think 50 is pushing it. And in terms of uh, you having to wait for the house to heat back up, why don't you just get a clock setback thermostat fill and then you can ha- you can have it happen automatically so it can automatically turn down when you leave for work and you can bring it on an hour before you get back home so the house will be be comfortable so i'd pick up the temperature a bit and use a clock setback thermostat to do the work all right i hope that helps yeah that is cold next up we've got one from brad in colorado who posted i had contractors in recently to smooth some walls i realized too late that they cleaned joint compound off their tools in my kitchen sink what is this going to do to my pipes? Hmm. Well, if it's if this was a day or two ago and you've been using that sink, I'd say nothing. Uh, spackle or joint compound is water soluble, and even if it's dried, it will tend to loosen up if you, if it gets wet and soaks uh, in there for a while. So if you're not had an issue right now, I I wouldn't worry too much about it. Brad probably wasn't the best thing for them to do, but if it's not causing a problem uh, at this point, then I think you're probably in good shape. Uh, one thing to keep an eye on, though, and this is not what you asked about, but I'm presuming that they probably uh, used that spackle on top of your existing wall walls probably wasn't the best choice because spackle doesn't usually adhere very well in a situation like that. You have to use um, a, a paint that's textured or something that's specifically designed to stick. Spackle sticks really well to raw walls, but if they're painted, might be an issue. So keep an eye on that and watch for cracks or any separation. All right. Next up, we've got one from Brenda in Louisiana who wrote, during the colder months, we use our garage as a workshop. It still gets pretty cold in there. I was thinking about adding heat and wondered if you had any advice. You know, we've got a story story on all the options for garage heating on our website at moneypit.com. Just search for garage heating. But I think a garage space heater is probably the best way to go. If you really are going to use that as a workshop, then you're going to want to spend a little bit of money and put in a proper heating system. Uh, What you would do is you would put in most likely a gas-fired space heater. It hangs from the ceiling and it's vented up through the roof and out. And that's going to run on a thermostat just like your regular heating system inside your house. And it will keep Keep it warm and toasty in there, and most importantly, safe. Yeah, and they work amazingly well. So, you know, in Louisiana, you're not going to be freezing, but I've been there in the winter months. It gets pretty chilly, so it'll definitely come in handy. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Happy holidays, everybody. Hope your prep is well underway. If we can help, you can reach out 24-7 at one 888 Pit and always log on to moneypit.com for answers to your home improvement questions. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.